0: Hi, welcome to Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. My name is Anna Klasse and I am your host. I started this podcast because podcasts have literally changed my life. Because of podcasts that I listened to years ago, I realized it is possible to live as a digital nomad, travel the world while working remotely. I since have started my own business and I travel the world. I am living the dream and I want to share my story but also the stories of other digital nomads with you so that hopefully you get inspired and chase your dreams as well. Okay, let's go! Hello and welcome to a new episode of Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. Today I'm here with Sharita Jennings and she is awesome because she is a freelance attorney and I think it's so cool because I went to law school and my plan was to become an attorney and then at the end of my studies like got all the degrees and everything I decided to not do it because the main reason was I didn't want to sit in an office every day so I think it is so cool to have you on the show today Sharita, to talk about how you can still be an attorney and not sit in an office every day. So cool.
1: I'm like you in another dimension.
0: Yes, (laughs) exactly. And like your life could have been my life, but I didn't know it was possible. (laughs) Uh, So I think that is so cool that we can share that this is also possible, Mm -hmm. that this is a possibility. So first of all, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I had no idea that you had that past, so that is really cool. Yeah,
0: I know. I hide it very well. <laughs> I never really talk about it because it's completely different from what I do now. But yeah, so funny we have that in common. So first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do? So I already said you're a freelance attorney, but yeah, can you tell us more about what your day-to-day looks like?
1: Yeah, well, currently I live in Medellin, Colombia, but I guess when this airs, I will not be here <laughs> But um, yeah, my day to day looks like, you know, waking up around seven, going to the gym and then finding a really cute cafe to work at after the gym. And I have like a few clients from the U.S. So and I think I got them all on Upwork or word of mouth. So I just kind of like check in with them, do some assignments and then go home for lunch <laughs> and take a nap and then start working again. So that is my typical day. And yeah, it's just, this is like the perfect place in Medellin. It just feels so calm and just like, it's exactly what I need. So some days I work hard, some days I work a little less and it's awesome. Sounds good. So what do you do exactly for clients? So I do like corporate law and compliance. So it's usually startups. They've just started and they started like a website or something. So they're like, okay, can you write all our policies? Can you tell us what we should be aware of in our industry? So I'll either serve with them like long-term and kind of be on retainer, or I just like do their contracts and leave, you know? So, um, but that's pretty much it, but I usually help small businesses and entrepreneurs with their contracts and everything.
0: That's super interesting. So how did you start doing this freelance? Did you start your career just like in a traditional sense, just working for a law firm and then you went freelance at some point? Can you take us through that transition?
1: Yeah, my journey was up and down. Um, So I graduated law school and I went straight to I never worked at a law firm, actually, but I worked in like consulting and I did like healthcare policy. I didn't even need my law degree for a long time, but um, I did that for in Washington, D.C. for like five years. And I worked for a nonprofit and another company. But yeah, it was like traditional, like going into the office. One of those jobs was kind of remote, like you really didn't have a true office. So you would either work from home or you'd go to whatever office of your choice and work from there. So that was kind of like a little taste of working remotely. But at the time when I was ready to move abroad, I was like you, I didn't think that there was a way to work remotely as an attorney. And I asked my job and, um, you know, would you be interested in me like just leaving for like six months and working remotely with you guys? And they were like, no, no. We don't like that. So, um, so I quit altogether and I'd saved up my money and I had a side hustle as a fitness coach. So that's kind of how I supported myself for like the first year and a half of being abroad. And then I was like, mm, let me use this degree again because I need a little more money. <laughs> so I went back to practicing um, nine to five, but remotely. And then that still wasn't enough flexibility. So I just started, um, I left that position after about two years and then started freelancing. So I'm still kind of figuring out the freelance thing. It's definitely a little more challenging because you have to find your clients. It's not guaranteed they'll be around all the time. So yeah, but the flexibility has been amazing. But yeah, I left, all, I left law completely and came back and, in, in different ways.
0: Hmm, yeah interesting and also interesting that you had a side hustle already that you could take on the road Mm -hmm. I mean how good is that that you could leave for a year and a half that is actually really awesome yeah it really worked out so when you build that side hustle you did that next to your job of course was it was it always in the back of your mind like oh maybe someday I can I can used it so when i travel or was it just
1: (laughs) kind of a coincidence (laughs) it was just a coincidence because i don't think i even had it in my mind well i knew i wanted to live abroad at some point but i always planned it for much later in life um so it wasn't until like a year before i moved abroad in 2017 that i even started thinking very intently or intentionally about moving abroad and that's when it was like okay if I can't practice law abroad, then this other thing that I do, I can do that virtually and I can coach overseas. So I started to view it as like a really a viable option. And where did you
0: go on that, on that first year and a half? Did you choose one country or did you travel around a lot?
1: I traveled around. I started in Medellin and I was here for six months. And then um, then I went to Peru and then Mexico, Guatemala and back to Mexico. <laughs> And then a little bit of Europe until COVID forced me to go home. Ooh, yes. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Everyone on a
0: podcast <laughs> is like, yeah. So then COVID, like the pandemic happened and we had to find a home base or yeah, we had to go so home annoying.
1: or <laughs>
0: <laughs> it changed everything, of course. And when did you leave again?
1: I left the States in 2018 originally. And um mm-hmm. uh, and then I was home I was back in the States for six whole months during the pandemic. That was crazy. But um, but I ended up escaping to Mexico as I think the entire world did because it was the only place that was open. You know? <laughs> so I was there for a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can we talk a little bit more ab- about that transition into freelancing? Because you already sure. mentioned that it is very different. You have okay. to find clients. Um, like, will there be the next client or not? Or, you know, like I, I also started freelancing at the start of my digital nomad career and I found that really difficult I did not know how to find clients even like especially that very first client I feel like that is always so difficult to find because you have well maybe you even have experience but you don't really have anything to show for it like Mm -hmm. in my case I knew I could do it the job that I or like the gigs that I applied for But how do you tell them that? Or like, how can you make them believe that you can do it too? Of course. Um, So how did you find your clients and then especially the first one?
1: Okay, so for me, the best website was Upwork. And so I just started there and just dove in. And I think I got a little lucky with the timing because I started at the beginning of the year. And I think that's when everyone is like, all right, let's get a lawyer. Let's do this. Let's do that. They're kind of serious. So there were a lot of opportunities that I saw on Upwork um, and I got really lucky because my main client wanted like ongoing work as opposed to just one-off projects, which I which I also do those as well. But yeah, I started there and then very randomly people were finding me on Instagram because of travel, but my Instagram, I think I say I'm an attorney, but that's it. There's no more mention of it. And um, someone called me about travel things. And then I mentioned on our call that we were, that I was an attorney. She said, oh, I need X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. And that worked out. And another person found me the same way, like just by chance. And so I'm starting to get like this niche in like the with travel agents who have their own travel agencies. So it's kind of like falling into my lap a little bit, but I've also just, I'm religiously on Upwork. And then I also do a lot of I have a lot of job searches going for like contract attorney. And I think if you use that language, you can find like a temporary kind of freelance opportunity. So that's, I have like a good job search there and it found some pretty good opportunities. So my goal is to have two regular clients who, you know, pay pretty well, and then I can take the one-offs here and there, but that's, that's my goal to just keep that up. But this one company from Upwork, they're very new and like every day it kind of sounds like they are running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's just an example of like it could end at any moment. So I'm just always, I'm always looking for the backups and everything. So that is a little bit difficult. You know it would, a normal job, you just show up and I have to kind of, my job is to constantly look for clients. But it's been working yeah. out. Upwork, Upwork has saved me for sure yeah,
0: that's really good that you also keep looking out for the next client because I didn't do that. like as a freelancer i I just wanted to do the actual work. like I work in podcasting, right? So I just wanted to do all the podcast management stuff mm-hmm. and like looking for clients, I didn't really take that serious enough, I think. So I got a little bit too comfortable with the clients that I had. Um. And then my biggest client cancelled. And then it was like, ew. (laughs) And now what? That's Um, big. So then it was Yeah. And then it was like panic and ooh. Now I need to get a new client right away, like as soon as possible. And yeah, that was not great. So I think it's really good to also, yeah, have these like different avenues Mm -hmm. to find clients because I also had no idea like I don't think I'm the perfect freelancer at all <laughs> like I also don't freelance anymore okay. um, for that reason <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily for me but I also think yeah I, I, I just completely underestimated that part mm-hmm. so you mentioned Upwork and I heard Upwork work Work. For some people, <laughs> yeah. and then for some people, they hate it. Like I, I feel like there's two calves, like
1: people love it or they hate it, and there's no in between. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the same thing. I mean, the fees are kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's just like Airbnb. I like to start with the client there because you don't know them, they don't know you. So like to have that security through the system. And then if they're willing to, you can just go off the platform because you become like mm-hmm. a regular contractor for them. So that's been my my strategy to kind of avoid the fees and I think based on your location sometimes they don't have things available because I told a friend about it who's also in the states but for some reason they were like no like I don't know we don't have jobs job you or something he wasn't able to even get in the platform so mm. I think there maybe people have different access as well but I've been okay. really lucky and really grateful that it's been working out
0: yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Do you think there's not that many freelance attorneys that are on Upwork that you have that advantage of being one of? I don't know. Like, I
1: actually don't know like how big that pool is. I know that when I look for like law jobs, there's quite a few on there. So I know people do go to Upwork for that kind of work. I'm going to assume there's, lawyers, there's a lot of lawyers on there, but <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, that's so lawyers. good.
0: <laughs> I, I've been trying to create an Upwork profile just as kind of like a backup, so that I can just know, like, oh, if I need a new client at some point. Oh. Uh, I have an agency now, by the way, so I don't freelance anymore. Oh, but like, still it's
1: agency. He's yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it sounds probably more of a thing than it is, but it uh, <laughs> just means that uh, that we have. More clients than mm-hmm. what I could do as a freelancer, yeah. which also makes the risk a little bit less. I yeah. think at least it feels like that. But still, if all my clients leave at the same time, then I thought, okay, which will probably never happen. But mm-hmm. as a plan B, I thought, okay, I'll create an Upwork profile just so that I know where to look for the next job or just as a freelance project for myself. If I don't know, something. Uh, like the agency income dries up then at least I know okay I can go to Upwork get a freelance gig for myself and I don't have to worry about that but it has been quite difficult to get these first few clients again like as always it's the first few right Uh, because there's a lot of jobs And then there's, you can see how many people submitted a proposal and then there's like 50 plus.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then I'm there
0: like, hi, I can also do this for you.
1: Actually, now that you say that, I can see, I don't know exactly the number, but I know that there's never that many people applying for the jobs I'm applying for. I do know that much. So like when I see 10 or more proposals, that's kind of a high number. So maybe there aren't that many attorneys on there. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, (laughs) I guess it's a good place to go. Um, But another thing that's happening like in the legal industry is I think it's because of COVID. They're just realizing that like you don't need your in-house attorney to be in in your company because we don't need to be a part of the culture. We don't need to go to the team meeting, you know, like we're just there to check out the law and keep you out of jail. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing like this uptick of companies that place lawyers in like big tech companies or um, yeah just like major fortune 500 companies and it place you there for like a short period of time so I think that there's a lot of lawyers who are trying this like non-traditional route and are freelancing a lot of those they don't want you out of the country so it's a little bit limiting when I apply for those but the fact that there's they're like honoring the flexibility for lawyers is a big deal. Because like you said, Mm -hmm. you didn't want to be in the office like all day, all night. And that is the norm for lawyers. So there's Mm -hmm. like all these, there's some new options that are coming out now. So yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like that's going to give me the ability to continue to freelance and live this lifestyle.
0: So how is that for you to have made such a big change from it? Like you sat in the office all day and all night, like Mm -hmm. usually... Okay. Lawyers work long hours, they are always in the office <laughs> to the life that you just described in, in Medellin, uh, which sounds a lot more like a balance. Like you you mentioned going to the gym, taking a nap, uh going home for lunch. Like I think most lawyers don't do that. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Uh when they work in the office. Mm-hmm. So how was that that shift? I mean, it's obviously awesome, but Was it ever like weird or did you struggle with that big change or?
1: Yeah, I did actually. Like I was never one for the office. So like even when I worked at this office, if it was warm outside, I'd go outside and bring my laptop and not sit and work because I was just like, I need a change of scenery. Even in the office, I would like just go to another floor by a window because I just like I can't be in one room all day long. Like it, and the same here, I can't be in one cafe all day long. (laughs) I just need to like change it up. But um, actually, when I stopped working last year, I took like a break, like maybe three months before I started freelancing. And it was very difficult to do nothing because usually it's like, oh, I'm going to like travel around or I'm going to learn something. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And I was just like, no, I don't want any responsibilities. And I just want to literally do nothing and just like see what what happens day to day. And that was so hard. Cause I've always been working a little bit, even if I'm just doing like a little bit of freelance writing or something like to do nothing is really, really difficult. Maybe cause I'm American, <laughs> but eventually I kind of got better at it. I think it's important that you, that we can do nothing. Like, cause it, I think we tie so much of our value to work and we tie so much of our value to like what we're doing. And people are like, Oh, what are you doing? Medellin? I'm like, I'm nothing. Like it was yes, just... <laughs> It was, it was very scary, but also very liberating. So the transition can be odd if you're like so used to go, 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 go. And I was like I was working and I would coach like several hours after work. And and I've thrived that way. But it's like the opposite of just kind of relaxing is very difficult. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think I'm like you said, I think I found like a nice balance. And my goal is three days a week of like work. And then, you know, have the other two days, the rest of the week to myself. So, yeah, I'm trying to be very intentional about that. And it's, it's getting there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I asked because I also struggle with this. Like, I tried to, well, first, my first goal why I became a digital nomad was to be location independent. But then I realized that when you're location independent and you work all day, then you still just stare at a computer screen all day. So I had that, especially when I was in Bali, I was just working all day. So yeah, then we would go watch the sunset, go out for dinner, and then the next day would be exactly the same. And it felt like such a shame to be there and not not really enjoy the place. Um, So now my next step is to have more, well, honestly, financial freedom and time freedom, I think it goes a little bit hand in hand because if you don't have anything to do, but you also don't have any money, that is very stressful, I know from experience. Um, And I also find it really difficult to not work when other people work.
1: Yeah, Um, for sure.
0: It feels weird. Yes, exactly. I, I have that guilt a lot. So it's good to hear that you that you make it work, I think that is good to hear and like a, a boost for me. Like, okay, yeah. like
1: people do this, like Charissa does this, yes. I can do this too. <laughs> but it's nice because then I learned when I wasn't working, I was like, I do like working a little bit. Like, so I need to find the right balance. Like I I do like the challenge of work and all of that. I just don't want it to be my life. So it's been finding that kind of sweet spot has been really nice. So Yeah, that's where I'm at now. I just want to get like higher paying clients so I can have a few less hours. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's um, it's actually working out. It's so funny (laughs) because the beginning of this year, if you had interviewed me, you'd hear the panic. (laughs) (laughs) These clients were not showing up in those first six months, or six weeks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's finally something's happening, so that's great.
0: Yeah, but I think it's also difficult to start with these high paying clients. I think there's always a bit of um a few clients that you have to go through before you reach the really good clients or maybe maybe before yeah. you can appreciate them for re- being really yeah, good clients. i
1: think that's what it is is that you have to like feel better about yourself and your ability to do the work and and getting that reassurance from like some clients helps you like shoot for those bigger ticket clients so hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll i'll find that out soon <laughs>
0: But yeah. And in the time that you don't work in, in your free time, did you pick up any new hobbies or any other things that, that you uh, started doing now that you have more free time?
1: Yes. Well, my first time I moved to Medellin, I started salsa dancing and I knew I would like it, but I became insanely obsessed. And I'm the same way now. <laughs> like I go three or four nights a week, it's ridiculous. It's just so good. And I I would have never, I don't think I would have ever taken the time to actually learn like properly if I were home. I mean, when would I do that? I was doing so much when I was home. So um, yeah, so having that time has been, I've been able to like hone those skills um, and even learn like some new dances and stuff. So that's been really cool. But I'm also trying to pressure myself that I don't need a project either. Like my project can just be chilling. (laughs) Um, yeah. But typically, I'm probably working on social media and all of that stuff when I'm not working, working. So I guess that's another yeah. hobby. <laughs>
0: cool. I I love that uh, that, that you start dancing because I actually had someone else on the podcast also. And she also worked towards working last so that she had more of like a work-life balance. And she also started dancing, wow. which was a passion from like way, way long time ago. Oh, cool. And she started doing that again. And it has made such a big difference in her life and she also came on the podcast to talk about that so we will link the episode to that to Allah's episode in the show notes so that when you're listening to this episode you can also check out Allah's story on how she also kind of like used dancing to make her life so much more fun but also have more fun in business Mm. which was also really good to hear that it really made her a better business person as well.
1: I think there's so much to learn from dance like it's one, like you have to be a little bit disciplined, like you have to keep coming back to improve your technique. But as women, women well, and women, but there's like a, a whole dynamic about being the follower and the leader and like trusting people. And as women, or if you're the follower, you don't have to be a woman, you're a follower. You, um, you just have to kind of surrender. Like, I don't know what my partner is going to do, but I think that the classes I've taken and what I've learned, I can make it work. But you show up to every partner, to every dance, not knowing what to expect. and You just have to like let go. And if you are tense and try to predict or try to fight it, you look bad. (laughs) So I've really just learned to be a little bit more vulnerable and kind of like go with the flow a little more. Um, and it's like helps me in like my business and just normal life. And then also in dancing. (laughs) What a business lesson is this? but this is exactly what I
0: learned in my business and I don't
1: I don't dance <laughs> <But> yeah yeah <laughs> maybe I could have learned it to, uh, like uh, faster <laughs> yeah it's a big deal like you just kind of you just have to let go and if you don't you you suffer but as soon as you let go you don't worry about what happens like things work out you have the perfect dance mm-hmm. <laughs> you find the perfect client so it's great mm-hmm. So, Sharisa, what about travel life? You mentioned just
0: before we hit record, we were already chatting a little bit about uh, travel and that you are leaving Madagine soon, tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That is super exciting. Can you tell us more about where you want to travel and, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, like where you want to go, why you want to go there, and like the plans that you have? I mean, it's hard to plan. And probably by the time this comes out, something will have changed. But, um, I do want to go I want to go home for a little bit to the States um, but after that I'm really looking at Europe for the summer very typical and <laughs> I'm hoping to do a month in France somewhere and learning French um, sometime in London hopefully for free and then <laughs> and then maybe Italy but or Greece you said <laughs> maybe I'm changing that to Greece but um yeah, I just want to like do it up and I just want to kind of live and make like abundant decisions to make sure that I'm not feeding into the fear because I was kind of holding back on travel because I'm new to the freelancing thing. But now I'm like, no, like this is it's working out and I can do Europe and I just want to yeah, I want to see and experience Europe like, you know, at its best time. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not as best time because it will be full of people, but <laughs> <It> <laughs> well, the weather nice. will be nice. Yeah. I'll be close to water all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Like these parts of Europe, I, I think any part of Europe in winter, it's just, it's not as busy, but it's also not as nice. Uh, yeah. It will just be cloudy and gray all, all day, every day. So I think yeah. it's also a good reason that everyone is there at that time. Mm-hmm. And I totally relate to what you said about starting to travel and that there was kind of... Um, yeah I don't know like maybe a barrier to go through because I had exactly the same like when we started traveling again which is also only a few weeks ago uh, we had our first trip post pandemic but I was used to staying home so long like more than a year and a half almost two years we Mm -hmm. didn't leave and I don't know it was such a it felt like such a big step to go again and to spend money on travel instead really? of I don't know just like investing in business things and I don't know doing things at home mm-hmm. it was it felt like such a big step but it's also I think so exciting that we can travel again yeah. and that it is possible and yeah I think also what you said is maybe it's also very important to have a little bit of faith that there will be more money coming and that yes probably not all your clients are gonna leave <laughs> at exactly the same time like exactly. <laughs> that's the like chances that that will happen are actually really really low
1: yeah and something about traveling and getting to a new city just like reinvigorates like whatever I have going on so you know if all the clients did go away something about travel just brings you opportunities you always meet someone and you're like hey I do this and instantly you get like yeah. an opportunity so it's just another I mean I don't think about it this way but it's just another amazing way to network and I'm literally expanding my network globally the more I travel so I'll think of it that way. And I'll think about it like that on tax time too. It's a business, the business expense. It all is a
0: business expense. (laughs) (laughs) You're just flying to your new office, which is a cafe somewhere in Rome. I have meetings (laughs) with strangers. That is very smart. I mean, this (laughs) is just the best way to business, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also really curious about Madagine. You mentioned that you came back to Madagine, right? Because it was kind of the first, I think, first place that you went, and then now you're also there. It is high on my list, like high, high on my list. Can you tell me more about
1: what you obviously love about managing Because otherwise, he wouldn't be back, right? Where do I start? No, <laughs> um, I mean, first and foremost, the climate here is amazing. Like they call it the city of eternal spring, and it's one hundred percent true. Like it's always in Fahrenheit between like seventy and eighty degrees, and it's just gorgeous all the time. It does rain quite a bit, but that's why it's so green and tropical, and it's just. Everywhere you go, you just feel like you're in like this, a luxurious plant store. And it's just <laughs> like, it's just gorgeous. And it, it doesn't even try to be gorgeous. It's just gorgeous here. And then it is a very low cost of living. So that's what highlighted my decision this time because I quit my job altogether and I was not working for a few months. So I was like, I need to stretch things. So let me go back to Medellin because it's, it's a good place for that as well. And also it's been like a really different kind of energy here. Um, because I have been living in Mexico City for a while, and then I was in Lisbon. So it was all these big cities. And usually I really like that, but this time I was like, no, like these cities are just too much, like too much going on. And Medellin is like the exact opposite of that. There's a lot to do, but it's not all right on top of you. So you can kind of feel kind of on your own or in a little more relaxed state than you might in a bigger city. So Yeah, it's for all those reasons, it's wonderful. And the Spanish is really easy to understand um, and people are are really nice. So,
0: yeah. Sounds good. It's it's an awesome place. You definitely have to go. Yeah. Is there also an active digital nomad community there, even like
1: post-pandemic? Oh, yeah. It's a big, big hub. And even, I think, late pandemic. I don't know where we are now.
0: (laughs) In the pandemic. Yeah. Is this the end? I don't don't know. know.
1: (laughs) Some part of it when people started warily traveling. A lot of those uh, companies like Remote Ear and stuff, they started again right here. So a lot, all those Wi-Fi tribe, they all come through Medellin. So it's just a big, big hub for digital nomads. The cafe scene is on point. If you follow me, you'll see that. <laughs> it's just, there's so many beautiful places to work from. And yeah, so that was one of the high reasons that I picked it originally is because it was a big hub, low cost of living and um, a and good place to learn Spanish.
0: That sounds really good. Very, very nice. Yeah. Okay, it's even higher on the list. It would it, like for me, it would be so good for like time zone wise. But then for my boyfriend, he would have to work in the middle of the night. So oh, I think yeah, we might have to go yeah. more to the other side of okay. the of the world. Yeah, but it's it's still on the list yeah. for later, probably next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, do it for sure. It's just it's just so beautiful. But only thing is, it's getting a little more popular and a little more expensive, but it's still mm-hmm. affordable compared to U.S. Europe.
0: Yeah, that might be different in uh, Europe when uh, you go there. So you mentioned house-sitting, right? Mm-hmm. Is that your
1: plan for London? Yes. The only way I'm going to London is if I find a great house-sit. It's yeah. just so expensive there. And, you know, I want to I enjoy things. So if I can knock out rent, then I can, you know, go out for nice food and stuff like that. So, but I really do want to be in London. Like, it seems like a great vibe in the summer. Um <laughs> And I've never yeah. been, I think I've avoided it because they speak English. And I'm like, I don't want to go to an English speaking country. That's like being home, but I'm not over special it special enough. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now I just yeah. really want to go and experience it. I also, I've only been to
0: London once and it's literally not even a one hour flight away from where I grew oh, wow. up. <laughs> so that, that is pretty crazy, but it was always too close. It's yeah. always like, oh, I can go anytime. Like mm-hmm. I could go for a weekend. So there was never
1: that urgency of exactly. I can go now. Yeah. It was just that's so that's funny. I was the same with yeah. Mexico, I was like, Mexico. I'm gonna go to Europe. I'm gonna go far. And now like Mexico's one of my favorite places. And it's it's just so different than I expected. But um I was avoiding it too. It's like, oh, it's right there, whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am super excited to see where you will go in Europe. Yeah. Um, how I will definitely be following your Instagram. Can you tell me where people can follow you if they also want to follow along the journey? And you also said before we started recording that you have a little something to give away. So oh, can yes. you please tell me all about
1: that? Of course. So um, the my biggest two platforms are Instagram and TikTok. My username is it's Sharita's World. And I shared tips about becoming a digital nomad and thriving as a digital nomad and then just some like random travel things for my life. And now I'm actually offering a one hour strategy call, um, a paid strategy call to help people like navigate wherever they are in their nomad journey. So if they're just thinking about it or they've already moved and now they want to move to the next place or they're really just looking for a remote job and options in their field. I help them walk through that and give them all the resources. So, if you have questions and you're kind of stuck in your in your nomad journey, then I'm the one to help you.
0: Okay, so if you if you need that uh, little bit of advice and a push to do it, then yeah. book that strategy call with Sharida and make sure to follow her. I always love following you on Instagram. I always love your posts and um, seeing a little bit of managing and things mm-hmm. like that. So lots of positive um, Yeah. <laughs> Lots of salsa dancing, yeah. definitely recommend. Sharida, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to hear your story and um, to hear more about how you can be a freelance attorney. It's yeah, really good it's to hear that it's
1: working so well for you. Thank you so much. This was awesome.
0: And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. I would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. That way more people can find this podcast, more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing and the more people we can impact for the better. So thank you so much if you are going to leave a review. I really appreciate you and I will see you in the next episode.